The following is a presentation of Dating Kinky, Kinky Connections, and Kinky Education. We're kinky, done differently. what women and other wonderful humans want. A frank and fun discussion about the way people approach each other for romance, relationships, friendships, or other partnerships that make us happy, as well as an intimate discussion about how to connect with our own authentic self. With questions asked by a guy. And now here is your host, John, or as we call him around here, hi there, catsuit. Hello there, Nookie, and welcome to the show, and this edition will be a very personal one. While the spotlight will be on the amazing professional dominatrix who is our guest, the way I met her was a story in itself. I was about to have a scene with the wonderful Professor Gray at Kinky College when this bright ray of sunshine approached me and asked me what we were doing. Before I knew it, I was tethered to a St. Andrew's cross, living the dream of two amazing women co-topping me. The woman had identified herself as the best friend of Professor Gray, but I didn't quite catch her name. A fact that I came to realize was going to be the thing that brought us together. Because never again would I forget her name. Mistress Mary is a professional dominatrix working in the Minneapolis-St. Paul area. She is like no other D-type you've ever met. A sadist, a sensualist, a caring dom who genuinely wants to make your dreams come true. With a captivating smile, you'll be wondering what kinky activity she has in store for you. But be forewarned, if you make a mistake, you will be punished. Mistress Mary, no, I won't forget the name. Our guest on What Women and other wonderful humans want. It's five questions about memorable firsts. We call it the first five. First time you ever had a kinky experience and your feelings going into it. Okay, sure. Well, my first real kink experience kind of happened out of the blue. I was actually with um, one of my partners from college <laughs> just got a little bored one day and called someone over kind of a thing oops <laughs> not not mad about it but it wasn't i wasn't really connecting i wasn't really enjoying it and i was wondering why um and i in that moment felt that i needed to take control of the situation i wasn't having a good time so let me take control and make sure i'm having a good time so i flipped him over <laughs> and kind of um just went a little, I probably went a little too much because we did not do any negotiations, but I um, spanked him a little bit. I did some breath play. It was really fun. And the next day I Googled 
what does it mean when a woman is in charge of the bedroom? And then femdom popped up. And I was like, that's it. That's my connection. First time you ever had an experience as a professional dominatrix. Sure. Um, the first time I had a client, he was a very, very sweet boy. He's very shy. Um, he was rather new to the community as well. Um, so I always do really in-depth negotiations. I also do a lot of vetting. I really want to know and connect with the people that I play with professionally and personally. Um, that's important to me. That's part of my, my type of dom. So we had had a lot of really great conversations, but it was all like, I just don't know. I don't know what my limits are. I haven't done that. I haven't experienced it. I was like, yeah, okay, well, let's figure that out. So we took our time and I grabbed uh, some of my favorite impact toys. And I said, let's start here. We started slow, light, light tapping, light, <laughs> light play. He was like, I think you do more. I'm like, okay, all right. We go a little bit more and a little bit more. And of course we have our safe words and he just didn't use them. Um, didn't have to use them, which was lovely. Uh, so we just kept going. And that was my first experience doing this professionally. Um, and just having someone completely give me their trust uh, was such an amazing experience. It really was. First time you saw an image of you as Mistress Mary and your thoughts looking at it. Sure. Um, I actually did a photo shoot for my 30th birthday. <laughs> and I was wearing um, the it was photos from some of the promos. And I brought my mom with me <laughs> to the photo shoot. And I was just like, build me up. Let's be, let's be strong. Let's be powerful. And so I didn't see any of the photos as they were being taken. So it wasn't until I got the proofs back where I was like, wow, everything in my life in that moment really just connected and came together. It felt real. It felt right. I felt proud. I felt strong. I felt I felt like I knew what I was supposed to be doing with my life. First time you had a sub tell you that you have made an extraordinary difference in their life. Oh, um, well, before most of my sessions or scenes, um, I always ask, what, what's your goal? What do you want to get out of this? What, what do you want to feel? Um, how can I help you reach that moment? Um, so I think because I have really deep connections with the people that I'm playing with, I'm hoping that I'm changing their lives with every scene. Um, in my aftercare, I do a lot of communication as well. So it's always that was such a release. I, I really needed it. Thank you so much. Um, and then they just share so much of their lives with me in, in that moment too. Here's all the things that I was going through. Here's all my stressors. And to have that hour, two hour, three hour, however long the session was to completely forget about it. I mean, I think that's life changing, right? To not have to worry and be so concerned about all the things and let go. Um, knowing that you can do that is important. So I don't know if anyone's straight said to me, you've changed my life. You're amazing. Um, 
maybe in scene because she's that good but (laughs) but I yeah I hope with every scene that there's just a piece of them that they carry with and that it makes them stronger too I said this was going to be a very personal edition of the show first impression you had walking up to the tall guy in the cat suit Um, okay, so here's a little bit about me. I somehow was gifted with an abundance of confidence, like overabundance of confidence. I am very into myself. (laughs) So I never get nervous meeting new people. Um, And my best friend, Professor Gray, my sister, she was talking to you already. So I already know that you're a good person because I trust in her wholeheartedly. So there was that piece. Then there's my confidence piece. And I had seen you earlier at the conference. We met at Kinky College in Chicago. I saw you earlier in the conference, getting people excited, getting excited for the dungeon parties, getting excited for the classes, sharing yourself with everyone. So I didn't, I, I was just like, that's my dude. Let's go talk, let's figure this out. And like, of course, I'm going to introduct and put myself in your scene because that's fun. (laughs) Gray's over there laughing now. (laughs) And we will be talking to both you and Professor Gray in our third segment about that scene. But when we come back on what women and other wonderful humans want, more about the journey of Mistress Mary when we return. Hello, all you dear listeners of this amazing show. My name is Anya, and I also have a podcast called Sexualchemy. And I would love for you to come discover what we're doing over in my little sliver of the world, talking about sex, our paths to figuring out our most authentic expressions, unshaming all aspects of it, and generally just creating community around people who want to explore whatever their most authentic sexual expression is. So I hope you enjoy listening. I hope you reach out and I hope you become part of my little community that I love so much. Join Anya for Sexualchemy and listen to my episode. It was an amazing interview. Sexualchemy with Anya, available where you get your podcasts. Have you ever wanted to try something a little kinky in the bedroom but had no idea where to start? Or maybe your partner just told you they're into water sports, no, not the jet ski kind, and you really want to fulfill their fantasy, but you're nervous. That's totally normal. I'm Kate Sloan. I'm a sex journalist who's talked about kink in magazines like Cosmo, Playboy, and Glamour, and on my podcast, The Dildorks. My new book, 101 Kinky Things Even You Can Do, is a guide to some of the hottest and best-known kinks out there, from age play to zapping and everything in between. Each section offers three suggestions for ways you can try out your new interest with a partner or even by yourself. Curious? Order your copy now at 101kinkythings.com and start learning new things about your sexuality. Hi, this is Venus, and I have a special message going out to all the single ladies listening right now. What if you could have a committed, loving relationship with a partner who is monogamous to you, but who would love to see you have sexual experiences with others? Sounds too good to be true, right? Well, it's not. 
You really can have your cake and eat it too. You can have it all. Learn more at venusconnections.com. That's venusconnections.com. We invite you to follow us on social media. Check us out at What Women Want P1 on Twitter, What Women Want Podcast on Instagram, and for our kinky friends on FetLife at WWW Podcast. And now back to this episode of What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want. Welcome back to the program. Joined from Minneapolis, Minnesota, or the Minneapolis-St. Paul area, with Mistress Mary. What is it about Minneapolis-St. Paul that makes it such an amazing kink town? <laughs> Honestly, you know that Minnesota nice thing? I don't, I don't necessarily agree with all of that. It's more like Minnesota passive aggressive, but <laughs> we have such a strong sense of community. And I think that's really what makes Minneapolis a great BDSM and kink community because we want people, we want people to join us. We want to teach people. We want to help people grow, whether you're a top or a bottom um, mistress, slave, everyone has a place in our community and we make sure that they know that. You walked into this kink community. And as you mentioned in the first five, you had to look up what you were feeling. What got you from, I don't know anything into, I want to do this always. Yeah, it was after my first real scene um, that I had, like I had my negotiations, I had things lined up. I looked up um, negotiation points. I looked up contracts. I, I am a lifelong learner. So I always want to know as much as I can about any given topic. But I think, I think what it is, is my, I have a day job as well, um, where I'm, I'm, uh, I call myself the office bitch. Let's be, I'll just say it. I call myself <laughs> the office bitch because I'm always serving other people in my field. I'm helping. I do admin work. I support people. So I've never really had a say in my working career. I've always just been told what to do. Mm. So when I had this point and I had this opportunity to number one, share myself and number two, to have immediate respect, it, it honestly felt like every single piece of my life connected together. It felt like it made sense. And it was after my first scene that I called my mom and I said, guess what? <laughs> I'm doing this thing now, so get on board. <laughs> and then I asked her to come to Rubberball with me and she did. She is um, my biggest supporter, my biggest fan. So I think having that too has really helped, but it makes sense. <laughs> what was it in her background that made her so ultimately supportive of you? Because Honestly, if you go, hey, mom, I'm going to be a professional dominatrix, that's not exactly the dinner table conversation most people have. <laughs> yes, correct. <laughs> that is correct. Um, my mom, she goes by the queen mother in the community. She's extra. And I feel like that just says it <laughs> with her name in the community, the queen mother. Um, I just... I don't know what it was in her life. I don't know why, but she has always been my biggest supporter. 
Um, when I was growing up, I would change my career path every week. What do you want to be when you grow up? Today, I'm going to be a carpenter. I want to be a carpenter now. And she would go to Home Depot. She'd get some hammers and some nails and some wood and say, okay, go ahead and build something. And I would try. It would be horrible. <laughs> like, nah, never mind. Now I'm going to, I want to be a nurse now. She'd be like, okay, cool. I'm going to get some gauze. I'm going to go get a first aid kit. I want you to learn everything about what's in here and how to use it. Um, so I think, I just think she's a lovely person. I think she's a really great, strong, independent woman that wants to raise strong and independent women. <laughs> Did you have a career path that you thought you'd settled on? Um, yeah. Uh, and I, I, I think things are always changing, right? Um, I was in a previous relationship and my career path at that point was to be a mother. I really wanted to be a mother. I wanted to build a family. I wanted to help people. Um, and that may still happen. I'm not sure, but that was a, that was a career path that I had. I wanted to be a housewife, a homemaker. I wanted to build a family. Um, that relationship didn't work out. So then I was talking with some friends and they're developers. They do tech work. So they're talking to me about that and telling me that um, there's a, there's a role called a scrum master, which is funny <laughs> now that I'm in the BSM community, um, that word master just has such a different meaning to me <laughs> now. Um, but it is that supportive role. It's something that helps people. And I've always known that my purpose in life is to help others. I just didn't know how. Now I get to help people. I get to help them grow. I get to hurt them a little bit, sadist, fun. Um, but I'm still helping people. And I think that's the most important part. Everything else is fine. It was helping people too, but this is, this is what works. This is what fits. Your description of being the office bitch, taking care of everybody, <laughs> doing what everybody else wants you to. Is there a bit of, and I don't want to bring up anything negative here, but is there a bit of, I'm better than this, and I think I deserve more than this? Sure. Um, I think some people might feel that way in that, in that type of role. Um, I have in the past, I've been a receptionist as well, and it, it felt like that when I was a receptionist. Mm -hmm. um, I think, I think everyone's life is a little bit different. And I feel the way they experience life is a little bit different. I don't think I'm better than anyone. I don't think I'm more important. I don't think I'm more superior. I don't think I, I don't think I want, I don't want that. I want all, everyone I interact with to be equals um, to a certain degree. Um, I, everyone has differences, but I don't, I don't want you to think that I think I'm better than you. <laughs> Mm -hmm. That was a lot of, of, of words, but um, even my, my subs, my lambs, my little lambs, um, I respect them. I respect all of them. And I, I want them to know that as well. I'm just more dominant. I just have the control. I have the power right now, but you're important as my lamb, as my sub, as my bottom, you're important. And that's something that I try and share with them in scene and out of scene. There was a question that I was going to go straight towards, and then you just took it away from me by saying lambs. You have a name for your group of subs? 
<laughs> Mary and her little lambs. Yes. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> One of my coworkers from my vanilla job came up with it. She was like, you know, it'd be so great. <laughs> you should do this. I was like, okay, little vanilla girl. Got it. Thank you. <laughs> yes. I call all of my bottoms and subs, my little lambs. So do your people in your vanilla job know what you do outside of that vanilla job? Yeah, some do. Some do. Um, like I said, I'm a people person. I love connecting with people and um, sharing my life with them because I find it important. A lot of people are very private. Um, a lot of people bottle things up. A lot of people don't share. And so I try to do the exact opposite. I'm not ashamed of anything that I do. I'm not fearful. I'm proud of everything. My, my goals and reaching those goals and my failures. I'm still proud of those too. Um, so there are definitely some people I, my boss doesn't know, <laughs> but if my boss found out, I would have that conversation too. When you talk about the fact that you don't see anybody better than you, or you don't see yourself better than anybody, it does lend to the fact that to be able to, and I'm going to use this word carefully, play with power dynamics. To be mm-hmm. able to use those in a way that pretty much soothes the people that don't want to have that high feeling. To me, there's such a healing process when it comes to being a sub. Talk a little mm. bit about that, about that healing process that you are able to give by showing that power and showing that dominance to them. Sure. I think for me and the people I play with, um, I think I want them to, to feel powerless in, in a sense. Um, I think it's really interesting sometimes when I'm playing with people, I can do something that I wouldn't feel would be as, um, emotionally triggering, um, for example, let me let me go into an example. I was doing a flogging scene with someone, and I, I say it all the time, but I do like to beat people to the ground. <laughs> so I got them to their knees, and then all of a sudden, it was this just release of crying. And I said, do you need to stop? Give me your safe word. What? Where are you at? And he was like, I just... I am feeling right now. I am feeling things right now. And I, I stopped seeing because I'm having an emotional reaction right now. We, we continued, we, we finished our scene and everything, but I needed a hug in that moment. You know, I wanted to make sure that I'm okay, that they're okay. Um, so when, when we're talking about the power exchange, I think it's different for me. And that's why when people ask me, what's your Dom style? I always say, it's just Mary. I don't know. I don't know because it's so different with everyone. It's different day to day. Um, but I don't, I don't, I don't like people feeling super powerless, you know, like everyone has power in them. Everyone has the opportunity to do wonderful and great things. So we ebb and flow. We ebb and flow with the power exchange. 
I don't know if I could picture you having a serious scene. Do you ever have a serious scene? Yes. <laughs> yes. Tell me so about doing I... those. <laughs> okay. Um, I am a pretty extreme sadist. I really like inflicting pain on others. Um, so in those scenes, I usually do a lot less back and forth. I usually don't check in as much. We do have safe words in place. We do do negotiations, all that good stuff. Um, but in those scenes, that's where I'm getting the most out of my sessions. So in that moment, it's when my vanilla life is completely gone. And I am just Mary. I am just Mistress Mary. And I communicate enough, but I, <laughs> my face changes. My mannerisms change. Um, it's those scenes, the really intense, more the edge play, um, where I don't giggle. <laughs> mm -hmm. I giggle all the time, but in those scenes, the really intense ones, it's definitely different. Do you dress differently for those? Um, no, I find power in my corset. It's kind of like, it's not a costume, I wouldn't say, but it's definitely something that's like, once it's on, then I'm ready to go. So I always have a corset on in every scene I do. I've tried to do it without. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm sorry, just give me five minutes. Let me just go throw on a corset real quick. I have them in my car. I have them at my mom's house. <laughs> sorry, I have them at the queen mother's house. <laughs> <laughs> I have them everywhere. It's, it's uh, something that I like, but I'll dress really fancy. I'll dress up for first sessions and then I'll just kind of wear my like go-to corsets, <laughs> the easy ones, the ones that zip up. <laughs> um, if I ever do any public play, I do try and match my logo as well, which is kind of what I'm doing today. <laughs> the thing that I found so fascinating by you is that you can tell an entire story with your eyes. Mm. And I'm looking at you now, you're wearing the same glasses that you wore during our scene and we'll get into that when we come back from the break <laughs> but you can tell an entire story just with your looks has that been a talent you've always had or is it something that is developed when you realize the dynamic you have with the people you play with yeah i think that's part of I think that's part of me a little bit. I don't think that's necessarily something that you can learn. Um, but I, I also think it has to do with the connections I make with people. Um, you can look at someone off the street and they raise an eyebrow and you get it, right? Um, but to have that, that story, that connection, I think is really what we're talking about, um, is a little bit different. And I think it's the quiet moments that really, that really make you understand and make you see. Um, I've had parts of my sessions where it is just looking at someone. Um, eye contact isn't something a lot of people can handle. A, a lot of people cannot give eye contact. A lot of people cannot receive it. And again, that's the connection piece. So I don't even know if it's a story, but I think it's more of that, that feeling. In your scenes, 
I have only seen you as the happy-go-lucky person. And as I said, we'll talk about that. <laughs> Where did this sadistic side come from? Mm -hmm. because I'm sure I could picture it if I was on the other side of it. And I did feel it a couple <laughs> of times, <laughs> but you have such a kind presence. You have such mm -hmm. a bubbly presence, but I know mm -hmm. from my own queen, who's the sweetest, <laughs> most caring person who loves to make me feel <laughs> a lot of pain <laughs> that there's something in that what is it mm -hmm. for you yeah um i think it changes i think that changes too like i said i'm always evolving a lifelong learner i i want to do more and i want to grow always um, i think that's the point of life is continuous growth um so the sadist part i think for me right now at this point in my life has more to do with the power. I feel really strong inflicting pain. I like, I like hearing, I like hearing the impact. I like hearing my lamb. I like the marks that it leaves because all of that is me. I did all of that. And I am also a sensualist. Like I'll also give you a massage M most of the time, partway through scene, just because I'm that pain pleasure kind of person. But for me, the most powerful I have ever felt is when I'm giving pain, if I'm being a sadist. Um, it's definitely not for everyone. And I think there's scales too, but those really high impact scenes where we're leaving marks and then I get to travel with you wherever you go. That's the power. That's what I love. I'm putting on a psychologist hat here, but wondering if there was something in your background or something in your past that brought that about where you want All right, control Katsu, of your situation. Now we, we diving in, huh? Yes, ma'am. <laughs> All right. Okay. This isn't something that I often talk about for sure. Um, I don't, I, again, am an open book. You can ask me anything and I will share, which is what we're doing right now. So in my previous relationship, I was a sub. I was more of an emotional sub. I was the one that did everything for that other person. I would have laid down my life for this person and I didn't get like anything in return. I didn't realize it at the time, um, but it wasn't, it wasn't great. Um, I loved that relationship. I learned so much from it. I'm proud of that relationship. I'm proud of the things that I did in that relationship. Um, he, he was, he just wasn't, a, he wasn't, he wasn't meant for me at the end of the day. Um, and so I now do have a little bit of a problem giving control to someone else. It's not something that I'm comfortable with. It's not something that I want to do. Um, but at the end of the day, when I became Mistress Mary, that's when I knew it just, it clicks. When I tell other people, it just makes sense. They get it. They're like, yes, I see it. And I can see you thriving and I can see you growing and I can see how happy you are in this moment. So 
I think getting into the community is really different for everyone, right? There's so many levels and different types of lifestyles in the community, different types of top and bottom. Um, but I just, I don't have an interest in going back to being submissive, being dominant, being Mistress Mary, being a femdom, being a dominatrix is my life. And everyone gets it and it makes sense. And that support from others and having people be like, oh yeah, mm -hmm, got it. Yep. Mm -hmm. People that have known me for a long time, it, it just feels good and it feels right. I'm going to ask you, because I said this was a very personal version of the podcast, to give your love and to give everything to someone and not have it be enough. To me, mm. that put me more into a sub role because I mm -hmm. was so busy giving and giving and trying and trying. And mm -hmm. when it didn't, when it wasn't enough, I said, I need to be in a place where I don't have to be responsible for all that. You mm -hmm. took it a different direction. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What was it that made you go in that direction rather than staying in, I'll be just very honest here, staying in that position of, am I ever going to be able to do anything that will make a difference? Mm -hmm. I'll say that relation, my previous relationship that we've been talking about broke me broke me for a really, really long time. Um, I was just, I was not present. I wasn't, I wasn't feeling a lot of things. And then one of my friends said, hey, listen, you've done this sad thing. You did that and you did it really well. But I think you're done with that now. So why don't you just go ahead and actually try to live your best life? And that like permission to, to forget about that period and that sadness and that hurt. And as you're saying that I just wasn't enough and I was trying so hard. I was trying so, so hard to do, to make this person's life beautiful. Um, so when I had permission to stop doing that, I did everything. <laughs> It's like, okay, I'm going to go experience all of the things and figure out what, what makes the most sense for me. Um, and I mean, we've, we've talked about it, but being, being dominant and being in control makes more sense. Now I will say I'm still primarily only giving right now in my, my scenes with my lambs, in my scenes with my lifestyle partners, things like that. I am giving to you. I am inflicting the pain. I am giving you that massage. I am giving you time to speak openly and with, you know, confidentiality and you can share anything with me and I will keep that private. Um, I can't stop that. It is part of who I am. I am a giver. I am very empathetic. Um, I'm a giggly, you know, bubbly person and that won't go away. That's ingrained, right? Um, but now it's different. Now it, it has that power. It has the control. It has the little pieces that I was missing from my other giving experiences. What would Mistress Mary tell 
that woman now? Uh-oh. <laughs> That's a really intense question. <laughs> um, whoa. Wow, I don't know. Um, I'm getting a little emotional because I, I always give advice and I always try and help others, but I don't take my own advice, right? My best friend's like sitting across from me and I can see her nodding right now. <laughs> um, but I think, I think um, Mistress Mary would tell that woman that that she is powerful and that she can do so much more and that it might suck for a minute, but the world is still beautiful and that you can experience and have just such a lovely life because there was a really long time where I did not think that that would happen. Thank God for therapy, am I right? <laughs> I love my therapist, she's wonderful. Um, but yeah, I think, I think that's it. There's more to it might suck right now and that's okay you can be sad and you can do it really well <laughs> but at some point you get to move on and you get to experience just wonderful people and you know it's cliche and goofy but you get to go live your best life so maybe maybe something along those lines that's absolutely Yikes. beautiful <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I think it's a good time to take a break because when we come back, okay. <laughs> Professor Gray will join Mistress Mary and we'll talk about a very interesting scene from Kinky College. And believe me, we're in yes. for a little bit of fun. Get back into we... the fun stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when we come back on What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want. Realizing that you're polyamorous can be a wonderful insight. Polyamory Dating Guide is a book about finding other people who share your view of polyamory and want to share it with you. This book includes a variety of sections on poly-specific dating, such as navigating online dating with a review of poly-specific dating sites and how to make a profile that works, real-time dating tips that will tell you where to find polyam people and how to make a positive impression, how to date as an existing couple, and if you should, dating as an introvert, queer in dating, and lots more. Get your copy at polyamorydatingguide.com. Hi folks, Key Barrett here, and I've got a question for you. Do you think your wife or girlfriend makes the best decisions and you want to support her any way you can? Ladies, do you think your partner works best when they're told exactly what you want? You both might be looking for a female-led relationship. From mild to wild, these strong relationships have one thing in common, satisfaction. Read Surrender Submit Server on Audible, Kindle, and Paperback today to start your female-led journey, and good luck. This is Alicia Zadig, author of the new book, Yes, Mistress. I'm also Mistress Alicia, a leading dominatrix and BDSM expert. My book, Yes, Mistress, takes you on a provocative, eye-opening journey into the erotic worlds of kink, fetish, and female domination. Join me for a fascinating conversation. Male submission is more common than you think and more rewarding than you can ever imagine. Yes, Mistress, now available on Kindle, and you can order your copy at yesmistress.com. 
Are you liking what you're hearing? Check out the Total Archives wherever you find your podcasts. And please, remember to subscribe so you don't miss a minute. And while you're there, help John out by giving him a rating and a review. We really appreciate your feedback. Now let's get back to what women and other wonderful humans want. And welcome back to What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want. I'm John, also known as Hi There Catsuit. And now we're going to turn the show over to a description of an amazing scene that I was blessed to have down at Kinky College. But before we do that, Mistress Mary has to introduce her partner in crime. If you've been involved in the BDSM lifestyle community, in Minneapolis, you will know her name. You absolutely will know her name. She's communicative. She's involved. She's gorgeous. She's my best friend, the delightfully sadistic Professor Gray. Wow, that was good. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Professor, it Uh is Uh a joy to see you. You and I exchange some messages before kinky college and i said just from reading your profile and reading some things about kinky college that i was fascinated in meeting you you are a lifestyle dom and you very much enjoy the sheer joy of playing and getting to know all sorts of people within the lifestyle tell me how important that is to you Well, I'm a super social individual and love to make new connections wherever I go. And, and the reality is, is even if it's just for a friend or just to teach someone something new or to learn something new for myself, um, I always try to take the opportunity to do that wherever I go. At Kinky College, it was Friday night. I had already taught one class and I came into the dungeon and I admittedly had nothing set up and that scared the hell out of me. <laughs> and I walked up to you and we, you recognize who I was and we started talking and I felt so at ease talking to you. That social part really comes out every single time, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I can, I'll speak to that a little bit. Anytime we go to a munch together, Professor Gray is literally bopping all over the place. She really means it when she says that she wants to make those connections. And I think that's the most lovely thing about you is that even if your play doesn't match theirs, you're going to help them find someone that they can play with. Mm -hmm. And I think that speaks to our community as well in Minnesota Mm -hmm. and Minneapolis. We want you to be here. Right. And she's the one that gets that done. (laughs) Correct. And you heard my story of of not having anything set up. And you went right into the, well, I don't have anything set up other than what I'm doing now. And you were very open to it. What created that openness and that safe space for you? Well, First off, you know, we had had some communications prior to Chicago, but then also, you know, seeing you interact on stage and do your intro and, and the truth of the matter is I could kind of tell just with body language and stuff that you, you weren't necessarily going to ask, you weren't going <laughs> to reach out 
And um, that that's a sub in you coming out, not necessarily knowing if you should ask or shouldn't ask. And being able to read that um, helped me just say, hey, cat suit, what are you doing? You got something? <laughs> you got something cooked up or not? <laughs> Let's figure it out. She does the same thing at our local play parties. She'll have some scenes set up for sure. And then if she sees someone that's wants to play, she knows when they want to play. She'll go up and ask, like, what are your interests? Let's see if we connect or go talk to that person because mm -hmm. they're also looking for a scene. Right. We have things in place, usually like whiteboards and like request mm -hmm. systems and things like that. She's the connector. She is she is the piece of the puzzle. And I love calling myself oh. connector of friends. And actually, I think mm -hmm. I have that in yeah. my bio somewhere to be able <laughs> to connect people together. But in the world of a dungeon, whether it be at a conference like Kinky College or even a local dungeon, you never quite know what someone's intent is. What gives you the good feeling that you say, yeah, I think I'd like to open the opportunity for this person? Well, it's conversation, first and foremost. Um, you know, like that 60-second interview, like if you're chatting with someone and you get that kind of uh, gut instinct or, um, you know, little twinge in your chest, um, that I like to call that my internal radar, so to speak. I can tell pretty quickly, um, you know, if someone has kind of an ominous or nefarious vibe, versus someone that is, that is receptive and open, um, especially someone that's very communicative like you are, um, it, it, you know, very much sapio, you're very much sapio. We had that kind of instant um, like brainwave connection there. Um, but yeah, I just, I just do what I do. I, you know, I can't describe what that is. It's just intrinsic to who I am. But, um, but yeah, it's, it served me well. I mean, I've walked away from people before that I just was like, mm, I just don't have the right vibe. Thank you. Nice to meet you. Mm -hmm. um, you're just not for me or, you know, you're looking for something I can't provide. And then the opposite of that is true as well. Like, oh, wait a second. There's this gentleman in a purple cat suit. <laughs> <laughs> have to meet. Right. <laughs> have to play. <laughs> right. And it's a little bit also about my kink exploration as well. You know, things that that interest me and excite me as well. Um, when I see those things, I kind of go ding, 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 ding. <laughs> like, hey, let's go talk to that person. Well, you and I were having a lovely conversation, just pretty much introducing ourselves to what possibilities might be. And inbounds this power of sunshine and happiness and everything. And as I said to her earlier, this is what I heard. I'm her best friend. And I never called her name. I don't know if she ever said her name. And I claim to this day that you set me up for that. However... <laughs> I didn't. I know I said, this is my friend, Mary. Yeah. She always does that. Yes, I always she, she always does that. <laughs> However, you were just so excited to be talking to two doms that you forgot. And that's okay. I'm sticking with that story. And that's okay, but you're not going to forget, right? Never. <laughs> I think I've uh, written it over and over in social media posts. <laughs> <laughs> 
Right. <laughs> like it's impossible. Right. You're welcome. <laughs> Let's talk about how that happened. I had mentioned to you that my thing was to be stuck in a moment I can't get out of and that right. I really enjoyed impact. And the more helpless I was, the better I found it. What were the aspects of that that kind of got your imagination going? Because you never want to approach somebody as a fetish right. dispenser. You want to show what's mm -hmm. possible. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, um, I like bondage. So that was the first thing. Um, but my brain started ticking, like, how can I do bondage on someone with a cat suit that has this potential to like slip and slide and not really be able to be bound in an effective manner? And, and our locale had some challenges as well. You know, certain, certain places were busy and occupied and certain, <laughs> things, you know, where we're going to have to kind of, you know, we're going to have to improvise on equipment. Um, but then as, you know, we as I got a little closer to actually being able to scene with you, I started just kind of thinking in my head, like, okay, so what are the access points? Like, how can I make this feel like this is a nine point restraint system, even though it's a St. Andrew's cross. And we're really trying to give that feeling of being restricted and tight restraint. How do we do that? And that's how I just, I literally just improvised with my rope and really just started wrapping you to that cross and really getting you secured tightly, like as tight as we could mm -hmm. safely, of mm -hmm. course, checking, you know, pressure checking points. pressure points and also checking, you know, the, the cuffs and the ropes and making sure nothing was digging in too far, but also giving that, giving that sense of being wrapped or cocooned or completely restrained. Um, that feeling and eliciting that feeling of helplessness for you that you were looking for and it, and it worked mm -hmm. ropes you gotta you gotta <laughs> love them right <laughs> oh I, I was loving them all right we... <laughs> <laughs> I I know you were oh my gosh I know you were but I think that's something that Gray and I both have is we we get the joy of helping others feel what they want Right. Yeah. So we're going to do everything we can to make sure you're getting that experience. Right. We also just happen to like doing it, but that's part of yeah. what, part of what we do when yeah. we meet and play mm -hmm. with new people. Well, that, and I think too, you know, it's also a challenge figuring out the puzzle that is cat suit that wants to be restrained, but yet is going to be in a vertical instrument <laughs> and in a, a spandex cat suit that is shiny and slippery. Um, you know, the, you know, the challenge of that it's, you know, it's intellectual, it's puzzle, it's put all those elements together to get a great scene. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then the implements that I didn't really get a chance to see, which was perfectly fine because it added the mysteries. <laughs> And mm -hmm. you had floggers, and I love floggers. You had other Same. things that were a little more <laughs> stingy. But there mm -hmm. was one that I did see. And I can only describe it as, imagine a woman with a very tight perm that has this just absolute perm on a flogger. All these little loops <laughs> at the end of leather 
all these loops going out and it was the biggest flogger I think I'd ever seen. And when I put my back for the first time, I was thinking it was a bowling ball. <laughs> describe that. I've described it from my perspective. Would you all like to describe it from yours? Well, what I heard was, ooh. <laughs> yes, you did. Like way loud. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Mm hmm yeah, that's one of my floggers. It's one of my favorites. It was made by a local vendor here in Minnesota. Um, and he makes a bunch of them, different colors. He he also mm -hmm. has designed a few of my other floggers and whips as well. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, I just don't have permission to say his name, so I right. don't want to yeah. right now. But I'll, I'll reach out to him, and then we can maybe put it in the show notes or something. But um, this particular flogger I saw at a kinky marketplace mm -hmm. and I just pointed and like need it, <laughs> need it right. in my hand right now. It is about 10 pounds. It's heavy, mm -hmm. it um, full leather. There are falls and then there are 100 loops that mm -hmm. come off of those yeah. falls mm -hmm. on this flogger. It is a two-handed flogger for sure. I try every time to just use one hand. It doesn't work. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it doesn't no. work. Um, but yeah, it packs a wallop for sure. It for sure. It's only mm -hmm. thuddy. It's only thuddy. Um, sometimes I can get it going where I'm just brushing the loops mm -hmm. on your back. But the point of it is that heavy impact. Mm -hmm. You baseball bat it. Boosh. It as was amazing. And yes, my reaction <laughs> was a oomph. But you had all <laughs> sorts of other implements that created this beautiful set of waves of hard, soft, thuddy, stingy. Do you all have a certain, how do I put it, playbook in the way that you like to create mm -hmm. sensations through the use of your floggers and other implements? Well, um, I'll say just speaking from my perspective, I tend to go, I tend to go what I consider lighter to heavier. Mm -hmm. And and I'm not talking about intensity of the swing as I'm talking about the difference in the way it impacts the body. So starting out lighter, I mean, you, I mean, it's I, like a warm -up. I, yeah, it's like a warm up. You're mm -hmm. warming up the skin, you're warming up, you know, you're bringing the blood to the surface of the skin you're actually preparing your submissive to uh, be longer in scene and longer impact by doing that versus going something really hard like and really, heating. yeah, like cold, yeah, cold, cold, gripping, anything, cold yeah. anything. Mm -hmm. yeah. And, and the truth of the matter is, is that hundred loop, it, it's so physically demanding also for a top mm -hmm. that we have to really, especially she uses it way more than I do. I, I don't enjoy that whole like <laughs> baseball bat thing, but um, you know, you almost have to kind of do it as like the final, the finale <laughs> at the end, like the mm -hmm. woo at the end, because mm -hmm. it's so physically taxing mm -hmm. that if you use it first, your your arm and your you know rotator cuff are just hashed by the yeah. end of that by 15 minutes into that scene i mean max 15 minutes yeah. there's there's definitely not yeah you can't do more than that mm -hmm. or i can at least right now mm -hmm. i'm just not strong enough right. but yeah i would say for me same same but different mm -hmm. same yeah. same but different like i definitely like that that progression as well and i think 
but my lambs appreciate it. The slow intro into this is, this is my scene kind of a thing, that feeling. Um, But for me, I really like playing with the pain and pleasure. I want you to hurt a little bit so that I can give you some pleasure. I want you to, (laughs) I want you to, (laughs) it's like little, (laughs) she's thinking about me because it's not a little bit, it's never a little bit, (laughs) never a little bit of pain, Um, it's always a lot, Uh, you know, with limits, Um, with consent, and with consent, always with consent, consent is key, always, Um, but yeah, I like, and that's why halfway through my scenes, I'm like, okay, well, now I want to just do a little massage little bit of massage and then immediately when they say oh my gosh that feels so nice spank immediately and my hands are all oily so that sticks Mm -hmm. and it stings and it's great it's so wonderful like yikes whoa did not expect that so I kind of like the the surprising aspects of it I usually will say like what are your interests today go ahead and pick out some toys I'm gonna pick out some toys as well that I know you're okay with or similar to things that you've already picked out to keep that surprise going, but that pain, pleasure, checking in, touch, soft touch, sensual. Yeah. And I think it, it depends on your play partner, you know, it depends mm-hmm. on the bottom um, and, or your submissive slave, whatever uh, that terminology mm-hmm. is, because, you know, you're really watching body language. You're really, mm. uh, you know, mm-hmm. we're, we are both really good at this, at being in, in tune to, you know, changes in breathing, to, you know, diapery, sweating, um, you mm-hmm. know, um, whether they're going into subspace or not. Mm-hmm. Um, and really, you can ramp up what you're doing as far as impact activities based on physiologic reactions, physical reactions in the body. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you, for example, Katsu, you, even though you had voice that, you know, that wasn't yeah, a lot of impact, wasn't something that was norm for you. You were, you were withstanding that and you were actually thriving in that. Mm-hmm. And we were, we were able to ramp it up because of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say that that's the case anytime that you're interacting with someone, you know, you ramp it up or back it down based on, mm-hmm. based on those gauges and those markers. Correct. And one thing to say, going off, going off of that, um, for your scene, we started out light, right? Mm-hmm. Then we built up to the hundred loop. Mm-hmm. Then you forgot my name. And then what happened? And then what happened? <laughs> Will you tell your, your fans and followers? Well, I, let me go back a little bit. One of the things that <laughs> I loved was the fact that I was on this cross and Mary would come behind the cross and just look at me and give me these <laughs> eyes. Now she's wearing the same cat-like glasses that she wore that night. And as I mentioned, those eyes tell a story. And there was a little bit of devilish power in those eyes. And I don't know what made you ask the question, what's my name? But at that particular moment, I could have had a heart attack, but I didn't. At that particular (laughs) moment, it was this case of, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? I'm not gonna try to fake this. I can't fake this. 
I'm disappointed because I should have put that in my mind. But at the same time, you all are taking me through such different emotions and such different intensities mm -hmm. that my mind was in 50,000 different places at that time. Mm -hmm. So I simply said to you, I'm sorry in all the scene, I don't recall. I was about mm -hmm. as honest as, as I could be. And your mm -hmm. eyes just lit up in this glorious <laughs> way. Like, all right, uh -huh. Will. And I don't think I... you were insulted, but I think you had no. me right around your finger. <laughs> yep, yep. Tell me what you were thinking about, because I've been asking to, I've been just dying to ask you this for the longest time. What made you want to ask that? And what were you hoping to get out of it? Mm -hmm. Well, like I said, I really like that power, that control, right, in the scene. So I often ask, what's my name? The answers like so range from I don't remember because I'm way in subspace and I have no idea what's going on right now yeah. to Mary, to Mistress Mary, to my queen, to to all these things. And each each response gets a different reaction from me. When they don't do it right, that's my favorite though. <laughs> when they forget, then I say gray. I heard gray get the lollipop and I'm mm -hmm. like what because I didn't hear the exchange because at that time I was I was behind you in a vlog mm -hmm. and then I went what happened he forgot my name <laughs> I'm like okay I'm in yeah so asking you that it's just something that I like to do because it gives me some power mm -hmm. but the greatest part was like seeing your struggle Oh my gosh, honey, you were so, so concerned and you're also in space and you're also mm -hmm. getting hit and all these things at once and seeing that journey of your thought process was incredible. Mm -hmm. yeah. And that's the power, that's the control, right? Like you are around my finger, around it. And you fucked it up, forgot my name. <laughs> right, get the lollipop, <laughs> punishment time. I was like, what? <laughs> And the lollipop is another custom piece. It's a it's a resin end paddle that leaves quite an impact, as <laughs> you are well aware. Um, and typically, you know, really masochistic pain bottoms, they like it. But typically people that don't do a ton of impact, they don't love it mm -hmm. <laughs> for obvious reasons. Right, Catsuit? <laughs> um, and... The, the challenge of that is delivering your punishment, which I was happy to deliver the punishment <laughs> for you. I mean, that's a little bit of status in me coming out, right? She's like, lollipop. Oh, yay. Yay. Oh, yeah. But yeah, um, and then being able to deliver that and, and really, truly, you, you know, were, you know, not knowing what to expect it very well in receiving a punishment of that magnitude. And that's where I was going originally. That's the journey of our mm -hmm. scene, right? We built up to that moment. We warmed you up. Mm -hmm. You were prepared and ready. Had we started with that, you I'm a red out, out gotta go, mm -hmm. right? 
-hmm. you trusted in us, you see how we work together, mm -hmm. you're in space, you're in this point where you can take it and we know, mm -hmm. which is why we did. One of the beautiful things that was happening throughout the midpoint of the scene to the end was you had wrapped me up and as you put it, locked me to the cross. But the mm -hmm. middle part yeah. of me, my torso and my bum and my waist was just a little bit loose. It wasn't as though you, you, had, you had secured me to it, but there was just this little bit of looseness. And in what I can only describe as you in either one of you in front of the cross looking down, imagine what somebody looks like when they're water skiing and they have a hold of the tow rope and they're pulling that was what I did. on it. Mm -hmm. That's what I did. And I am literally glued to the cross. Yeah. And, when, and what I had observed, John, what I had observed, Katsu, was um, when you were getting hit with the 100 loop, and you kind of had that thud moment. That's where I kind of saw you come back off the cross. Mm -hmm. I had made the assumption that the rope around your legs and around your arms was coming loose because mm -hmm. of the slipperiness of your cat suit. Mm -hmm. So then I just walked around to, to kind of hold you in place mm -hmm. while you were receiving the hundred loop. So you wouldn't have like chest impact against the cross, but then it ended up working to our advantage mm -hmm. because then we could do that as that really lockdown moment. Mm -hmm. um, and then of course, you know, taking turns, walking back and forth mm -hmm. and being able to kind of give you that extra pressure and sensation. And when that happened, we could see transformation. Mm -hmm. You know, we could see transformation in your, uh, you know, just your general stance. And you, that's when you really started dropping into subspace mm -hmm. is when we really had you tightly locked on that St. Andrew cross. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead, please. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I was gonna say, mm -hmm. I think that's one of the fun things about playing with Gray is we get creative. like. I learn from her all the time. And when she did that, I was like, ooh, I want to do it too. And I was like, whatever, I'm going to go for it. So mm -hmm. I like laid down on yeah. it. Like, let me yeah. pull as tight as I can. Yep. Um, but yeah, and it's so interesting. Little things like that, which don't seem to, you know, outside people maybe would make a huge difference. Like she said, you, your demeanor changed, your breathing mm -hmm. changed your face change, right. your eyes change, everything, every, every piece of you mm -hmm. had a different reaction. Mm -hmm. Right. And what I and had realized, <laughs> what I had realized is that number one, I'd never had impact like that before because I hadn't been an impact that long and it felt great. Mm -hmm. Number two, that I just enjoyed a scene with two of the most experienced people I had ever played with. And when I went back up to my room afterwards and was just looking at your uh, Mary's Fet Life and then clicked on this, it's just Mary. And I'm like, holy crap. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> and 
it wasn't as though I just got to play with a pro dominatrix and it was great. It was more like <laughs> I just was able to experience something that I just always dreamed of. It wasn't yeah. something that I expected. It was a scene that I had hoped for. And then suddenly it was everything that I could have ever imagined. And I had talked mm -hmm. weeks upon weeks on this show about that the greatest part of this show was I get to talk to all these amazing people who have all these skills and all this experience. And that the saddest thing was I never got to experience it. And at mm -hmm. that moment, mm -hmm. I realized I had gotten to experience it. This wasn't just some fun little scene. This was an experience that made me go, I want to find out more about this. If I was on my kink path to starting in sensation and doing a little mummification and bondage and things like that, mm -hmm. going through impact, this is when I started going, I now understand this feeling of reality because to me, pain is reality and reality is something that I mm -hmm. just desire feeling. And I was feeling mm -hmm. it over and over and over with you all. So I know that I expressed it in what I wrote in your notebooks because you both have a notebook. I know I expressed mm -hmm. it to Gray in aftercare. Uh, I wish I'd had a chance to talk to you, Mary, but you were doing your thing and I totally understand that. And then I got to talk to and Gray. And you forgot my name. <laughs> I hadn't forgotten your I wrote it in the book, didn't I? <laughs> um, and then I got a chance to talk to Gray uh, a few days later when I came up to Minneapolis. But I don't know if you all realized what you had done for me. I don't know if you realized mm -hmm. the sheer amazement that you brought to me. And uh, I thank you for that. You know, Mary, you were talking about you getting emotional. I get emotional on this show all the time. I've cried on the show. It's happened. <laughs> but I know the level to which I want to experience things. And I hope I'm able mm -hmm. to get to that level again. I don't know if I'll be able to do it in this town, but I'm gonna to start traveling around as much as I can and trying to teach as many places I can, because I believe that mm -hmm. in teaching kindness and authenticity and teaching those kind of things to people that perhaps in return, I can start experience some of the things that I want to experience. And I think mm -hmm. that's, that's a good trade there. <laughs> yeah, I, I know I've been talking a lot, please feel free to share any thoughts you have, because I need a minute. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely okay. And I think that's, I, I, I feel fortunate that we were able to take you to that, to that space. I feel very fortunate because there are a lot of people that, that want to experience this and don't have the greatest first experience. And it's so important yeah. to me to make sure that everyone 
is comfortable mm-hmm. and getting what they want out of it and that they know that what they feel afterwards is okay right mm-hmm. um it's a it's really shocking for some people um but i don't ever want anyone to leave I don't ever want anyone to not be in the community. And that's part of why I talk to all my coworkers and friends about it, because like, this is the, the best community I've been in for sure. Well, and really Katsu, I, I just think that, you know, your authenticity really truly shines through clearly people connected with you mm-hmm. in Chicago, you know, at mm-hmm. Kinky college, so many people had good things to say about your classes, um, you know, and kind of flipping, you know, the, the lens, so to speak, on those interactions, adding kindness in um, mm-hmm. how to integrate that in into kinky relationships, into kink dynamics. Um, you know, I, I think you're on a wonderful journey. And and honestly, I, I think you will find when you continue to present, which I know you're going to, you know, we've already <laughs> talked about that, um, that you're going to be received well in those areas. Mm-hmm. And yeah. in a beautiful remembrance of things, the story that you all may or may not know is that for a solid three weeks and possibly a month, those lollipop stings, those lollipop bruises stayed on my buns. And Yay! while the mark may not have been there, the bruise inside definitely was. And for my two scenes that took place on Saturday, I swear there was communication between you and the two tops because they decided they wanted to hit those exact spots. (laughs) Target practice. Yes. But here's the beauty of that. Your purple cat suit covered it. There was no way (laughs) of knowing. That's true. (laughs) They didn't know. But here's the beautiful part about that. I would reach back and I would feel it and I was right back to that Friday night in Chicago. I was right back in your control. I was right back feeling all the feels that I had that night. And I may or may not have hit them a few more times to keep the bruises for another week or so. (laughs) Maybe. Maybe. But the beauty of that scene, the beauty of its aftermath, the fact that I get to call you both my friend. Mm. Everything came together for what was more than just a scene. It was an experience. It was a memory that Mm. I will never forget. And I look forward to the next time when we can take a look at each other and go, now we're going to see where we go next. And to me, Mm -hmm. that's really freaking exciting. (laughs) (laughs) You dreaming about it? (laughs) A little bit. Mm -hmm. A little bit. (laughs) I thank you both for being with us. Mary, thank you for sharing your story. Professor Gray, thank you for sharing your story. And to both of you, thank you for sharing 
your thoughts and allowing me to see another perspective of one of my scenes because I don't get to hear the other side of it often. And I will include in the show notes my writing on the scene because I usually write about each and every one of my scenes. And so you can see what I thought about it. But I thank you so much for taking me back to Chicago for a little while. And I look forward to the next time when we can make some more memories together and even more so. I'm so happy I'm your friend. Mm. Same. Absolutely the same. Mm-hmm. Here's your virtual hug. Oh, <laughs> thank you. Squeeze them. Get the was... lollipop. Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, having that conversation took me right back to Chicago and Kinky College, and what an amazing night it was. And I'm so proud to say that both of these wonderful women are still my friends, and I hope to have them as friends for quite a while. Next week, another guest from Kinky College, this one just starting her journey, Lucy Cyrene. An aspiring dominatrix joins us to talk about how her story is beginning and where she sees it going. A very special episode of What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want with Lucy Cyrene next week. Until then, I'm John, as always known as Hi There Catsuit. I hope I've earned the privilege of your time and I remind you to always remember consent and to love each other always. What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want connects with you. We invite you to follow us on social media. Check us out at What Women Want P1 on Twitter, What Women Want Podcast on Instagram, and for our kinky friends on FetLife at WWW Podcast. This has been a presentation of Dating Kinky. Kinky done differently.